You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 113 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's episode, we learn about Horses Offering People Education, an equine-facilitated learning program. We have our final, can't believe that's happening, final Making the Makeover update before the big event, and we will wrap with our Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. It's the episode, while it all begins, like, listeners are listening to the same day I'm driving down to Kentucky, and you're going to be freaking out. Well, no, once I get there, it's fine. It's like we're recording this Wednesday, the 4th. So if you want to know where my brain state is like on Wednesday, the 4th, like if I sound probably not my best planning for us, truthfully, it's fine. It's I would rather do it today than next Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Once I get there, it's all fine. It's just the amount of stuff I'm trying to pack into the next 48 hours is like truly outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Zach definitely stressed me out this morning because as soon as we got up he's like don't you have like a bachelorette party and you still have to clean and pack and like get two weeks of work done i was like and now i'm gonna go throw up thank you thanks zach that's really supporting (laughs) super helpful (laughs) yeah like i mean before we hit record you're like what'd you do this weekend i was like i have no idea i don't you survived that's what you did i didn't work i know that i was very good about being like boundaries i'm taking my two days off i'm gonna go to the barn and do something that i have now forgotten presumably i I rode a horse it was great i don't know i think i did you didn't fall because you'd remember that well what i I don't know it depends i mean i wear a helmet (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but i mean yeah this week is all like I don't like, gosh, what am I even doing this week? I'm finalizing my media contractors because I have a great team of independent contractors that work with me at the makeover to produce all that content on four different platforms, plus our website, plus our e-blast. We'll be finalizing stuff for the live stream. I am working on the meal plan for our Airbnb, for our staff, where we're all living. So we're doing community meals every night, but someone's got to plan that out. So that's what I'm doing. Um, What else am I doing? I don't everything. know. Keeping a bunch of everything stuff. together. Making I gotta sure water nobody my plants. Dies. Yeah, I have to like do laundry. I have to pack. I have to plan the social media schedule for everything for RRP. Retired Resource Radio social media is easy. It's just going to be makeover takeover week. So y'all just get excited. Also, selfies I'll be doing it. So the reason the yeah, quality is less is because I'm doing it. You're welcome. No, it's just a different, <laughs> a different flavor. It's going to be great. Yes, I guess so. so. Yeah, it's fine. We Something know who the happen. social media queen is here. That's It'll fine. be fine. <laughs> I am excited, though, because I do get to see you. Um, I'm really excited that you get to judge the stall decorating contest. That's going to be Me super too. fun. Me too. Um, yeah. So 
uh, if you're listening to this, Joy is the one you need to impress with your uh, your stall decorations this year. So, and I will have an email that you can send complaints to if you don't like who I choose. Oh, that's nice. Yes, it's Jennifer <laughs> it's gonna be at Horse fun. Radio Network. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's up, Jen. Yeah, the theme is um, your makeover movie. So they're supposed to decorate their stalls um, in the theme of a movie that represents their makeover journey i so, want to know how many are going to be barbie movie themed uh, that's what we were kind of expecting we were just going to make the theme barbie movie and then we decided we should expand that a little bit so you know we'll see I'm i think there will also be a did. lot of like secretariat and sea biscuit and in whatever. my brain it's an alternating of like barbie and oppenheimer every other stall but i know that's not going to play out no. the way i have it in my head I don't know. What would your movie be i feel like mine would be like lord of the rings like a never-ending journey of with a lot of walking Straight. Let's see. Braveheart. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another good one. Um, Lord of the Rings at all yeah. trilogies. It's about yeah. that length of time for that retraining. So yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Harry Potter marathon. Yeah. Some magic happens, but also just a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, we did it for those. you guys. If you guys are driving to the makeover on the 10th, listening to this, and you're like, I don't know what to do. You've got three days now. We just gave you a bunch of ideas. Good luck. Bunch of ideas. And, you know, we have our mis- our listener meetup coming. And I love that we're doing it with Heels Down Happy Hour. Like, first year, we get to, like, duel with another Horse Radio Network podcast. I'm super stoked for that. And I think Reese Coffler-Stanfield from Dressage show is going to try to stop by as well. Oh, so, yeah, because she's local. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, that'd be fun. Yes. We could have, like, a giant. So she's going to try to make it. Um, She does have some traveling to do that weekend, but she said if she has time, she'll stop by. Awesome. Well, cool. Listeners, we hope to see you there as well. It's going to be at the Barrels and Brews. We're going to talk a little bit more about it later, Uh, but there'll be beer, barrel racing, and us. And food trucks. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Fun time. And you get to cheer on Melissa. Um, Wait, she's not doing barrels though, right? Yeah, she is. She is with uh, Ballerina Boogie and her right. last makeover graduate, whose name I have now forgotten, but we'll ask her later. That's right. I forgot about her, her graduates who are coming in. Um, yep. And so then she'll be turning and burning and we'll be I was thinking of Ace. And drinking beer. Oh, she's got her hands full, but we'll, yeah, we'll she- catch up with her later <laughs> of all of her menagerie. <laughs> but it, I'm super excited for it. Like you said, I'll be be driving down um i might try to see if listeners want to ask questions again while we're driving uh, oh, me too a bit of a hike for us so please feel free to to jump in when we put up those questions um last year everyone just asked that questions no one asked me anything so that was disheartening <laughs> <laughs> no it was actually really fun for him you guys made him feel really special so thanks for that uh but lots of good stuff in this episode i know it's we're leading up to the big event next week. It's We'll have our recap at the end of October of everything that went on at the makeover. And then it's kind of back into the normal normal groove of retired racehorse radio until, until next year, man. It comes fast. Let's not talk about that too <laughs> yeah. much. That hamster wheel just keeps on turning, man. Let yeah. Me tell you. We'll stay in the present for right now. But before we dive into all the fun things we just talked about, we're going to hear from our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? 
Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day. And most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase made by Kentucky Performance Products is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, I'm super excited to have our first guest of the episode. We have Diana Vesadano on, and she is from Horses Offering People Education. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you, Joy. So I think the first thing I'd want to know is a little bit about you. Tell us about you and your horsey journey. Yeah, so I have somewhat of the classical um, horse girl journey. Um, I first... Uh, was exposed to horses after riding a pony um, at a birthday party when I was five years old, begged my parents for lessons, who relentlessly, who finally gave in. Um, and I took lessons for a couple years, um, actually with my brother, who's 15 months older than me. The two of us took lessons at a family friend's backyard barn for a couple years. And then he got into football, I got into cheerleading, and my mom said, pick one expensive sport. Um, <laughs> and so kind of got out of horses for a while. And then I was reintroduced to them um, after volunteering at a therapeutic riding center when I was in high school. And kind of viewing horses through a new lens, not just as, you know, something to ride, um, mm -hmm. but sort of the emotional journey <laughs> that they yeah. take you on. So, yeah. And then I, ever since I was exposed um, or re-exposed to these, to these animals, have not had them out of my sight. <laughs> I love it. Well, I know you're doing amazing work because while we're talking about HOPE is the acronym for uh, Horses Offering People Education, you also have the Herd Institute. And we'll, we'll touch on that closer to the end. But what first wanted me to invite you out to be on our show is you use off-the-track thoroughbreds for this. And you actually adopted one who I have been watching for a very long time at Friends of Ferdinand, who we've had as a guest before, um, Miss Coffee. I love her. I was like secretly wishing the finances would 
come together so I could bring her home. But I love that she's found a career with you. Tell us what drew you to Thoroughbreds and how you thought they could be a good benefit to the organization. So I actually, thinking about Thoroughbreds, had kind of those the typical um, stereotypical response that most folks have. Um, I've always been told that they are spooky, um, hot-blooded, dangerous. I mean, all those sort of acronyms, right? Or Mm -hmm. synonyms. Um, And had never been a thoroughbred or had a thoroughbred as part of any of the lesson programs that I've just paid in when I was younger, and really never had a plan um, to adopt one, let alone two thoroughbreds um, and offer them a a forever home. Um, But it sort of just fell into my lap. Um, we actually um, had friends who are in the horse racing, kind of invest in the horse racing industry, um, who came to us and said, we have this horse, she's three years old. And, you know, the owner at the track decided that they don't want her anymore. Um, and so do you guys want her? And I was like, absolutely no way. Um, I do not <laughs> want a three-year-old thoroughbred. Um, I always wanted a little paint pony. <laughs> and yeah, so this was in um, April of 2021. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they said, okay. And, and you know, they're like, well, actually she's going to go back to the track and she's going to race. Um, and if she, cause she came from relatively good, bloodlines. Um, and so they said, Hey, you know, if she does well, we'll give her another shot and then maybe we'll, we'll breed her and she'll be a broodmare. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. So not getting a thoroughbred. Um, and I actually went off to North Carolina to work at a summer camp that summer. Um, and then I got a call in July from my parents who said, who sent me a picture of her and, uh, she was lying down in the stall, um, in Ocala and they said, I'm on the way. And I was like, what? <laughs> where, where, what was happening? Because um, no. I kind of thought that that wasn't happening. But sure enough, um, they arranged transport and, you know, they, they found a barn. And when I got home a month later, she came out of her 30-day quarantine. And here was this three-year-old off the track, beautiful, beautiful bay mare. And I was like, what do I do with her? Right? Because mm-hmm. um, it just, it wasn't in the cards. Um, and... So, you know, I kind of knew right off the bat that I didn't initially um, purchase her thinking this was going to be my next riding horse. It had been a while since I had taken a formal lesson. So I kind of wanted to take it slow with her, do groundwork. Um, And then, um, you know, after a while, I realized, you know, she was just she just had this great personality. I mean, she was three years old, but she didn't act like your typical three-year-old horse. She Mm. absolutely loved people and attention. And she was just so calm and so gentle. Um, And I thought, well, she'd be perfect um, for, you know, equine assisted therapy and not even as a riding horse, but as an unmounted um, horse. Um, And so, and, and that, our journey together, you know, I, I, the first place I had her boarded at was actually a rescue facility who they had their own unmounted, um, equine therapy program and they worked with veterans and they mostly had Mustangs. Um, so they worked with, you know, kind of gentling the Mustangs and, and mm-hmm. with the veterans. Um, so for a while I thought maybe I wanted to do that. Um, and then I was like, Nope, I've always, um, worked with kids primarily at the therapeutic riding center, primarily kids that had um, either physical or cognitive 
um, disabilities. And that was sort of my niche. Um, so I thought, okay, I can do that with her. And that's sort of a long winded explanation of kind of how we got there. Um, she also, um, a couple months later, she was diagnosed with kissing spine. And we found out after, um, you know, kind of trying to ride her and she was fairly uncomfortable. So we had the vet take a look at her. Um, mm. And they, she basically said that um, she wasn't a surgical candidate. And she said, you know, I mean, you, you know, at this, at this point, um, with her being so young, and, and her body's still developing, kind of, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I don't want to push her. Um, and I, I yeah. like at this point, I never intended to have her be a riding horse. Um, so let's retire her. Um, and so we retired her um, at four. Wow, that is just one applauding you because I think I, I don't want to like make this sound negative for horse people, but I think we hear a lot of the horse didn't live up to my expectation. So, you know, sent it to the next home or sent it to aftercare, sent it somewhere. And you found this other career for her that really aligned with her personality and offering something to me that's like probably more beneficial than a riding career at the end of the day. I mean, that's my biased opinion, of course. I'm a, a firm believer in mental health and that emotional journey um, to find your your EQ, your your comfort in being a human and socializing with everybody else. So tell us a little bit more about hope. Cause it I'm trying to decide like, did your horse kind of influence the development of hope? Or was that always something that you wanted to develop first? Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. So kind of at the same time that I had this new horse, um, I was also going through my own transformational journey. So um, I graduated high school in 2020, um, during the pandemic. And I had originally planned to go to Colorado State University and major in equine science with a concentration in equine. Uh, well, I was going to get my um, path certification, be a therapeutic riding instructor. But with the pandemic, I decided to take a gap year um, and kind of figure out my next steps. So um, as I mentioned, I spent that summer or uh, the summer of 2021 um, in uh, in North Carolina. I worked at summer camp and I was working at the in, in the barn and they had um, therapeutic horseback riding lessons. And um, for a while, that's I really thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had experience volunteering for different local programs. And, you know, I started to look into it. And then I actually ended up um, interning with a woman who went through the program that I ultimately went through and, and now work for the Herd Institute. Um, and, you know, her program was so different than anything I'd experienced before. I got there and um, she said, well, we don't do any mounted work. It's all unmounted. Um, you know, we don't see or view the horses as tools. We view them as partners. I mean, it was this whole like eye-opening experience. Um, and I said, I really, really like this work. So as I started doing more research and looking into it, I said, this is what I want to do. And then I sort of had the horse, um, but, you know, was sort of the perfect fit for the program. So it all mm -hmm. kind of happened simultaneously. That's me. It was meant to be. That's what yes. happened. It was meant to be. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about like, who does Hope serve? What's the audience that you're bringing this to? Yes. 
Um, so we um, primarily serve um, youth. You know, we have worked with adults as well, but we primarily serve youth and particularly those who have some sort of learning um, disability, um, you know, like ADHD or, or something like that. Um, who are really just looking for some guidance and um, kind of to be a part of something that they other might, otherwise might not get to experience because they are not a candidate for, um, you know, your traditional equine activities. And so they might get referred to like a therapeutic facility, but the therapeutic facility either has a wait list or only offers mounted programming and they really aren't interested in that. Or like I said, there's a wait list. So yeah, I think we see that a ton with uh, equine therapy programs. Like the biggest pain points, I, there's so much science behind it. The benefit of how it can, you know, better, better the lives of really anyone experiencing anything. <laughs> Truthfully, that's a very generalized sentence, but I'll let everyone, everyone has access to the internet who's listening to this podcast right now. I'll let you guys do that deep dive for yourselves, but it's hard to find uh, an equine facilitated learning program like this or an equine um, therapeutic program. Like you said, the wait lists are long when you do find them. And sometimes they only serve more, more severe issues. So for those who might be neurodivergent or have what's not considered maybe a, a critical issue, don't make that qualification. And so you've really opened this and added more equity, I think, um, to this type of this field in our discipline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love it. So tell us a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was going through your horses, is London the original thoroughbred mare to this program? No, so Coffee's actually the original thoroughbred mare. Coffee um, is. okay. So we we got her in um, July of 2021, and then in October of 2021, um, we <laughs> we were at the barn, and um, my mom uh, was having her weekly riding lesson, and my dad and I were watching her, um, and she turns to us and she was like, "What do you think?" And my dad's like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "About London," and he was like what do you mean? And she's like, well, London, you know, is, is, you know, I was thinking that, you know, London could be part of the family. And he was like, Oh, really? You were. Um, so, um, yeah. So she's like, yeah, surprise. I bought her. Um, so she actually, her story, she came to the barn with the intention of being a lesson horse. Um, but we quickly found out that, um, she was your one person type of horse. And mm. she quite literally took to my mom um, because apparently there was one day where she was sitting outside of her stall. There was this wooden bench and my mom was just sitting there. And, and you know, when London first got there, she was in the back of her stall in the corner um, and she kind of shied away from people. Um, but this day in particular, she came right up to the stall, uh, to the front of the stall and she just had... Um, you know, like a stall guard there. And she, you know, basically swung her head around and she actually took a chunk out of the bench that my mom was sitting on. So my mom was oh like, my yeah, gosh. she picked me. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is really funny. So she quite literally picked her, um, apparently to be her person. And my mom purchased her. So my mom actually has multiple sclerosis. Um, so mm -hmm. she purchased her to 
to um, ride her therapeutically because she found that horseback riding is more beneficial than any PT or OT um, or any medication out there. Literally, the horse, you know, kind of mimics a human gait and like it moves her pelvis in this way that is just like phenomenal. Um, And so she started um, riding London therapeutically. And then we did learn that um, a couple months ago, uh, London actually had to be retired because she has um, sciatic nerve pain in her hip. um, So she can't bear any weight. And so we went from having one retired horse to having two retired horses. Gotcha. And I just realized something too. I said you got coffee from Friends of Ferdinand. And I realized that was a mistake on my end because there is a coffee at Friends of Ferdinand that I've been following too. And I was like, oh, I saw her on your Facebook page. I was like, coffee got a great home. And then I realized there's actually two different coffees. And I was like, oh. So I apologize for that and causing that confusion. (laughs) And sorry to listeners. It's been an interesting week getting ready for the makeover all. (laughs) I'm just going to let everyone know my brain cells, they're clicking a little differently. But I love that story. And that now makes joy, has, sense. joy has makeover brain. <laughs> oh, we all are getting makeover brain here. It's so true. But um, now I now everything is tracking in my brain. So like I thought London was first, but this is me trying to make up your story. It's it's all great. <laughs> you know, it complaints. sounds great. <laughs> send, send your complaints to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Anyway. <laughs> but you know what? I I actually really love that you have a kind of mare-powered program because there's so many stereotypes with mares specifically. And that's across all horses, every discipline across the breeds. But especially, I think, thoroughbred mares, they're you know statistically slower to adopt out. Um, so for you to be leading your program with, with girl power here, I'm like, one, props to you. I want to give you a big high five from Michigan over here. But um, have you found, like, I'm assuming the answer is no, but like... Do you ever say like, oh, I wish I did have a gelding in this program? So it's funny you should say that because I, I always considered myself a mare person. And and you're right. Like there's sort of all these stereotypes and opinions formed about mares, just like there are about thoroughbreds. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm a mare person. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a thoroughbred. I'm a bay mare thoroughbred person. Like I, you know, really was very, very specific. Um, and, you know, a couple months ago, I was talking with my trainer, because um, I, you know, I still take riding lessons as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of at that next step of, you know, I have these two horses that I absolutely love. Um, but I would love to have something that's just for me that I can ride yeah. that's not part of the program that, you know, kind of checks all my own um, mental health boxes and and she found me a um a bay um but he's a gelding um and it's oh. a welsh cross a welsh cross pony he's 13 years old um and he's just he's just the best i mean he's literally perfect and i actually just extended my lease with him um it was a six-month lease um which got extended for another six months um so we joke that we have the bay club um we used to call it the bay bear club but then we had to you know, take the mare yeah, part out of it. keeping it inclusive. That's great. Because it's, you know, and <laughs> and he actually, he doesn't share a paddock with them, but he's in the paddock right next door. And and it's funny. He thinks that they're like, you know, he knows they're his ladies. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he's a ladies man too. I love that. I absolutely love that. And, you know, listeners know this is a 
you know, non-biased podcast, although we're the chestnut people. So everyone knows Jobber <laughs> on the show. He's the chestnut thoroughbred gelding. And then Astrid's the chestnut thoroughbred mare. And together they make up retired resource radio. So, but we, we love all the colors, mares and geldings. We think, you know, they have a place for everything. Um, but I definitely found it interesting that for a therapeutic program that you had two mares with the stereotypes for not just mares, but also thoroughbreds. So I love that you're proving it wrong at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, um, equine therapy programs, you know, your typical horse breeds, um, that you'll see in those programs are like quarter horses, halflingers, you know, Mm -hmm. gypsy banners, stereotypical um, horses who are known to be very chill and just like their job. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And, and most of them, if you did a survey, um, are going to be geldings. Um, Mm -hmm you know, for, for a lot of reasons, but I'm sure, you know, (laughs) you all can kind of think of a few. So. Yes. Well, we have hope here proving that mares can do therapy too. And sometimes I personally think like building that relationship and trust with the mare is one of the most rewarding things. Like I always say like my mare, even though she's not a therapy horse by any means, would I not put her into a program? (laughs) She's more of a one, (laughs) one person horse. Um, but she has been my therapy outlet for the last, you know, seven years going on seven years and she's changed me and made me a better person and made me have better relationships and be more open to communication. And she made me earn it is the big thing. It sounds like your horses are here for, for cuddles, snuggles, building those relationships from the get-go, which is beautiful. But for those who might be intimidated by having a mare, it can be life-changing at the end of the day. Yeah. And I will say, you know, Coffee's Coffee's my heart horse. Her and I have got along since day one. Um, London and I have a little bit of an interesting story. It's been a, a long time since I've fallen off a horse, but um, London decided <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, she, Christmas Eve, uh, 2021, for whatever reason, I don't know if she tripped, I don't know if she stood still or whatever. Um, but I, all I know is I came tumbling off of her and I landed on my right scapula, um, which is in my shoulder. And when I went to physical therapy, they told me that it is the hardest bone in your body to break. Um, and that you usually see that with like a high impact car crash. So they're like, you know, were you in a car crash? And I said, no, my, my horse threw me off. It can still happen. And I will say <laughs> a bay gelding put me in the hospital. So it goes both way, folks. It can go both ways. Wear your helmet always, no matter how much you trust your horse, but also both ways is the love and affection you can get from mares and geldings too. Um, yes. I know we're and getting close. Ever since okay. then, we've been, yeah, ever since then, we've been very close. Um, I think she feels bad about it. Um, oh. And so, <laughs> yeah, so, but, you know, it took a little bit of time. Um, there was a time, there was quite a few months where I was like, I'm not going near this horse. Like, this horse hates me, um, you know, but obviously that was not the reality. That was just me. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we want to put those feelings on, especially when you do kind of know they're like, they have their one person, like for her, like your mom sounds like her ride or die, but like, she also really (laughs) cares and respects you too. (laughs) Um, I know we're getting close to time. I would love to learn too about the Herd Institute because you're also involved with that. If you want to give listeners a quick snapshot of what the Herd Institute does. Yes. Um, So we provide training 
in um, equine facilitated psychotherapy and learning. And so our certification programs are offered in a hybrid model. So there's online learning and then there's in-person hands-on, you know, with the horses at a variety of locations across the U.S. um, and the U.K. And I, my role within the Herd Institute, um, in addition to being a graduate of their equine facilitated learning program, um, I'm also the executive assistant. So I process all of the, you know, applications that come through, general inquiries, manage the social media, and the marketing aspect of it. Um, so I'm very hands-on with kind of the operations and how things run. And I get to do it, you know, from Massachusetts. Um, they're actually based in Orlando, Florida. Um, oh, wow. But I get to work remotely as well as occasionally travel for trainings. And um, we just we just had our first in-person conference um, in Ohio. Um, where we got to kind of all get together for the first time, which was really, really nice. So... Awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's really a great program to be part of, you know, both as a, as a graduate and, um, a staff member. I love that. So kind of hitting it from both ends, giving people the opportunity to get educated in equine assisted therapies and then running hope too, which offers, you know, the, the general public an opportunity to experience, uh, the value of equine assisted learning. So, I am so appreciative that you are on the show and showing another great career path for retired racers um, and for mares too, which is always for me <laughs> as the mayor person of the show, I'm like extra little hype girl action there. Um, Diana, where can people learn more about you and hope? Yes. Um, so we're on both Facebook and Instagram at hope in MA, um, or you can find more information on our website, hope in ma.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So uh, t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp-looking pads. What are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. the 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 wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a hundred percent merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and and they do absorb shock and and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know. 119. That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall. A uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's we're always in development, so there's so many things projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly, you bet. Yeah, fly, fly that's what we all. That's, what, that's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. 
Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Joy, I'm almost a little sad because this is the last time we're going to have our Making the Makeover party, essentially. I know. On this year's podcast. Although the good news is, is we all get to see everybody in person next week. So that's true. So with us tonight, we have Claire Mansman. Hello. Hello. Julia (laughs) Heysu. Hello. I'll just let everybody say hello. And then uh, Melissa Meitzen (laughs) is also back as well. Hey. All right, gang. This is it. We, you, well, gosh, I leave in two days. By the time this is coming out, I'm already there. By the time this is coming out, you're all already there. But this is it. Like the final countdown. We're packing trailers. We're getting ready to go. Where are we at? Claire, I'll start with you. Like, where's your headspace? Where's your trailer packing? Oh, uh, oh well, the trailer list? packing is not there, but I did body <laughs> clip both horses today. Oh, hey, there nice. you go. Uh, because that had to happen, which was a little disappointing, but I it, it always happens every year. Um, so in the past two days, I've body clipped eight horses, oh, uh, including the two three-year-olds. <laughs> oh, Funny. how'd that oh. go? Uh well, I mean, I told you Cash is the best baby horse in the entire world. He was amazing. Um, and, and Snapper actually was very good, but like he doesn't even like fly spray. So he was understandably a little bit distraught. So I needed to get a little bit of help. But um, they look wonderful. I'm still icing my knee. I have ridden. I have not. I've been doing groundwork with Cash for the last couple weeks because <laughs> I can't really ride yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> But we will be good to, I think it's going to be fine by the time, uh, you know, at least the competition day. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, <laughs> go get through it and then ice again. And maybe can you MagnaWave your knee? I don't know. How cool I have oh, been. <laughs> and don't we have MagnaWave as, uh, at the vendor center? Now? Yeah, so we have our own PMF machine and I have been pulsing uh, every night for several hours. So, and I credit that because it's really, I'm only three weeks in and it should be six to eight weeks. So I'm doing pretty well. Oh, you're um, doing good. I have been sitting on, uh, a trained horse and I tried jumping a little bit today and I was okay. So I think I, all signs point to that just being just fine. Plus I have a nice. husband that can help me. There you go. That's true. Well, and it's not too late to do that catch rider thing. Right. So I know, I know, but to. it's so cute. I like it. I want to ride well, it. Yeah. You know, it's your journey. It's not Tom's journey. <laughs> it's not Tom's I journey. mean, it is Tom's journey, but in a different way. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go out of alphabetical order. Melissa, how are things looking for you? Are you ready? Are you packed? When do you leave? You've got a further drive. Oh, gosh, all the questions. Sorry, that was a lot of questions all at once. This is where my brain's at, you guys. It's not going well the last couple of days. So, <laughs> um, Well, my my husband was supposed to get off Saturday so that we could leave early, but he was unable to do that. So we'll be leaving Sunday afternoon-ish. And we're actually picking up a horse that's going to makeover in Arkansas. So we'll stop at that barn for a couple hours, let the horses rest, and then continue our drive and hopefully be there Monday before the end of check-in. As far as packing, I have to work mounted patrol tomorrow. And I was like, I still have to get in and out of my trailer. So I haven't started packing it, but there's at least like piles of things that need to go in the trailer. That's a start. Yeah. And I have a list. I actually sat down yesterday and wrote a list of everything that each horse needs. And we pick up hay Friday. 
And as far as riding, it, it is what it is. It's rained the last three days here, which is amazing because we need it. So I'm not I'm not complaining. But now my ground is probably too wet to get a ride in before we go. So everybody's just kind of resting up for the trip. Which I think is probably going to work myself. out in your favor. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> it's easy to want to like cram, you know, and be like, oh, we got to fit in more rides. But like at this point, like if they don't, if you don't know it and they don't know it, you're not going to learn it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, you just exactly. Know it, so, so I'm kind of just like, okay, like well, it's just, we're just resting. It's fine. Yeah. Helpful rain. I think that must be the rain that's coming up to get us here this weekend too. So that's fine. But you know what? It looks like the forecast for Kentucky is good. Should be pretty dry. So I think we're in good yeah. shape there. Weather so. looks beautiful so far. So knock on wood, fingers crossed. Yep. Set your crystals the, out, whatever you do like. The to dances, do the dances. Yeah, whatever you got to do. So, all right, Julia, how are things looking in Julia land? We scratched officially on Saturday. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Um, we took him to a horse show. It was going to be his last show. Do the jumpers. We were going to move him up to two six. We were going to start in the two foot two three division. And he, so he, pulling at horse shows, he's like obviously green, but he's always fine. He's good. He doesn't come off the trailer spooky. He does like that's been his consistent thing this whole time. And he came off the trailer kind of quiet, but then became like very wide eyed. And was super reactive in the schooling ring. Um, and so we had Callista get on to do his first round um, <clears throat> because she's, you know, ridden him a bunch and she's really good with getting him going forward when he's a little bit stuck or a little bit funny. And I had four other people I was trying to coach at the same time. So she got on um, and he was kind of screaming at us like, this isn't it. Um, so she got him around and I said, okay, get off. He's done. And then we, you know, Summer and I talked and her mother and we decided it's in his best interest to not push for the makeover, um, which is a bummer, um, for me and for Summer and for me for Summer. Um, cause you know, it's not just me. If it's just me, it's a really easy decision. Um, and for her, it's a really easy decision because she's a great kid and she wants what's best for the horse and she totally gets it. But I remember being 15 and this would have crushed me. So I yeah. like, yeah. you know, 15 year old me was really, really sad for her. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That's hard. But we, yeah. So, but we, he's just going to sit for the next couple of weeks. There's nothing to do. He's just being cute, being in his field. And then he has a vet appointment for the 20th after we get back and we're going to do kind of a full diagnostic workup and, uh, kind of pick at a couple different things that I'm thinking might be where we need to head sort of figuring out. And then um, we'll go from there and it's fine because he's a super talented horse and we want to do what's right for him and get him in, you know, the best shape he can be in. And then next year he'll hopefully come out, you know, guns blazing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he can make an appearance at tip champs and do something cool, but I know you, know, I, you guys were playing. would love that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be awesome to like, still be able to get him there. But yeah, I know you guys were kind of playing a long game with him. So, you know, it it sounds like he's definitely, I mean, they're all worth waiting for. Right. But like, you know, you guys have a, a good plan and a horse first plan, which we always applaud and salute. So I was going to say, definitely giving kudos to both of you of not over fixating on getting to the makeover for whatever reason, you know, ego or whatever, and just see what's the best interest for the horse and what's going to be, 
best for his long-term success. And that that's a hard decision to make, but it's a really selfless one. So definitely yeah, all the kudos. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. But I'm still coming um, because I have to braid. And Yay, all my best friends are all, Yeah, I'll still be there. And all my best friends are going. So obviously I'm He does go indeed and, have to braid, just so we're clear. Yeah, I do, do have to braid. I have to braid for Claire. Um, and many others. And Summer and her mom are still coming as well. They're going to come, I think, Wednesday through the weekend. So so we're all still going to be there. Love it. All right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I know that, yeah, the Chestnuts always volunteer a lot for the RRP. And we yeah. are very grateful for their support and volunteerism and friendship. So, yeah, it'll be great to see everybody. And, yeah, we should uh, bring Summer to our listener meetup because we'd love to meet her, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, I will. Yeah, great. Oh, well, that's too bad, but at least you're still yeah. going to be there and get to participate and, you know, celebrate the makeover and, and you know, you yeah, can celebrate absolutely. your good decision too. So that's great. Yeah. So, all right, let's go back around again. What are you looking forward to watching the most? Not just doing, but watching. Claire, we'll start with you. Well, I am, because I've actually never gotten to watch it but for a minute i'm excited to try to get to the barrels and brews so i can see the barrel racing which i think would be really fun yes um i have a friend um in competitive trail um and i never, you know i never it's amazing how much you don't get around like i get you get around a lot but like there's just so much yes. to see you know yeah 100 um and i so basically i'm saying everything that i don't ride on a regular basis i'd love to see some polo but I, I will tell anybody listening that one of the really, really fun things that some people miss out on is um, the Thursday morning field hunter yes. uh, when they have the stirrup cup. And um, not everybody really understands what's going on, but it is beautiful every single year. First of all, the hunt brings like snacks and that's they're really yummy. <laughs> yeah. And that I is like where snacks. it's appropriate to drink wine at 730 in the morning also. Uh, so. 645 if you're there early. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the sunrise um, at the horse park is always amazing. And that's where the sun rises in that field. Um, that's where you see it. And so you go out there and everybody looks great. And it's like misty morning. And then they let the hounds out. And I say that all the time. The hunt literally meets at our property. We all fox hunt. Um, but I think it's really fun at the makeover. And it's something that not everybody goes and sees because either they're busy in the morning or they're not up yet. But I would say, mm-hmm. get up and go see because it's really fun. Yeah, I've added I it to my agree. itinerary because yes. I don't think we've captured field hunters on retired resource radio yet. So we'll have to try to snag an interview once they're, once they're done and delightfully buzzed. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) delightfully. That's exactly the perfect terminology. Yeah, that's definitely something to go see. And like, it's just, it's a really fun thing to see. Um, Yeah, because hunting is not usually like a spectator sport. So, and like, I don't live near a hunt, so I never have an opportunity to see one. So, this is the closest thing I get to witness. Right. You're not going to see it on TV. You're not going to see it like, and it's it's not um, a competitive thing. So, yeah, it's not something that you, you'd watch. So it yeah. does feel like you've gone back into Downton Abbey a little bit. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I'll give a quick PSA. If anybody is going to plan to see the field hunter, there is a location change from previous years. Oh, so okay. you're like, oh, I'll go out to that field. Don't go out to that field. Cause there'll be nobody out there. Um, <laughs> Definitely didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So because there be is a, yeah. Oh, the concert ending out there. Yeah. Oh, there's a oh. Darius Rucker concert on next Friday night. So thanks Darius. Thanks to him. Please sponsor us. Um, thanks to him. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, we can't use that end of the horse park other than the polo field. So field hunter is moved to the steeplechase infield where the eventing takes place. Uh, still will be a awesome. lovely sunrise. Awesomely stunning. Actually a little closer for people to get over there and see. Yes, so exactly. Yep. Shorter actually walk. Works out. <laughs> Shorter walk, beautiful scenery, still going to be lovely. Uh, just slightly closer than it was. So yes, please don't go all the way out to the sunken road field. You will be very cold, sad, and alone. Except end of PSA. Singing wagon wheel. Yeah, the whole way. I don't think Darius <laughs> is going to be out there Thursday morning. So, <laughs> But if you hear a lone singer, it's him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Melissa, what are you looking forward to watching at the makeover? Oh, gosh. I don't. I honestly don't know if we'll even have time. <laughs> Probably not with three horses. <laughs> like I, I made a whiteboard yesterday with all of my ride times and I was like, okay, well, um, I can probably nap in the tax stall here. <laughs> Bring a hammock. Um, but I know we wanted to go see the fox hunting or the field hunters. I don't think we'll get a chance to because we have freestyle at like 824 in the morning. Oh no, that's a bummer. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe I'll see if somebody will trade, but we have tip halter with both of my mares at like 330. And then we have to bring them back to the stalls and get them ready for barrels that night. So, but my sister-in-law has never been to like live racing. So I'm hoping Friday when we have some downtime, we can take her to Keeneland. Oh, great. Um, Because we went back in 2021 and that was a blast. And it was wet and rainy, but none of us cared. Like we got splattered with mud because we were right on the rail. It was great. Um, (laughs) And I know last year we actually got to watch quite a bit of the hunters, which I I grew up as a hunter jumper. So it was kind of nice to revisit that world since I haven't been in it in almost 15 years. I never knew that. That's fun. Yes. Cool. So, you know, we'll we'll catch what we can. Yeah. Yeah, with the tip champs, it makes it a really tight schedule. And I know the makeover schedule is very tight anyway this year because of the number of rides we need to get in and then turn rings over to the tip side. So it it is a tight schedule. So yeah, your Thursday in particular sounds very busy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that'll Wednesday make, uh, is busy too, but not as bad because we have horsemanship yeah. in the morning and then barrels in the evening. But the middle of our day is pretty much open. And that's nice. Yeah, catch a nap and... <laughs> Maybe wander down to the hunters. (laughs) I'm bringing a hammock for my tax stall. Yeah, good idea. (laughs) All right, Julia, in between braiding, what are you hoping to see? Uh, Yeah, in between braiding. So, (laughs) yeah, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm a little bit of a zombie for half the day. But I sort of never really sleep those days anyway, because I want to watch everything. Um, I'm the most excited, really, to just cheer my friends on. Um, I have my best friend, uh, Stephanie, we've been best friends literally since the seventh grade is competing on Wednesday in the hunters and the jumpers. So she was one of the ones Raina had asked if a couple people could do both divisions on one day. So she's doing that. And Callista also, um, is doing both of her divisions, hunters and jumpers on Wednesday as well. So on Wednesday, I'm probably just going to be focused on helping them and watching them. And then my really good friend, Erica, is doing eventing, um, I think, for the first time at the makeover. So I'm really excited to sort of help her through that. She's been sort of asking me throughout the season for, like, questions and advice and, like, how to ride through the parts of the test for the dressage. So I'm excited to sort of help her through that and watch her compete because I think her horse is really, really talented. And um, she's been in the top five a couple of years in a row, so I'm sort of gunning for her. I keep telling her I think her horse is going to win the eventing. So not to jinx her here, but I'm excited to cheer her on. 
Yeah. And then outside of that, the polo is always my favorite to watch. Yeah. The preliminary or the finale or both? Both. Yeah. Both. I, I, I love it's, it too. It's, some, it's something that I have no experience with. And then the same with like the barrel racing. So like the disciplines that I don't have any experience with at all are always the most fun for me to watch just because it's so fascinating. Cause it's so far out of my wheelhouse of things that I like, it's not something I could just get on and be like, okay, cool. I could probably do this. It's not at all. So I love well, and it's such a fun. cool testament to all the cool things thoroughbreds can do too. Of like we Absolutely. Can do stuff we have no experience. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. I love that. Well, and that really speaks to the like community aspect of the makeover too, that you have so many friends, you know, and, and, you know, people in your network that have built up over the year, you know, that you can go and cheer for everybody. So that's awesome. I, I wanted to add yeah. two I two things. One, I forgot to mention how much I like to watch freestyle and cry every time they turn the music on. Does everybody else cry? Yeah, there's freestyle. only one that like, gets you going. Oh. Yep. But like like more than one. Maybe even the ones that you're not supposed to cry, but like the emotion of the like it's bad. Like I can't stay, like I have to like pretend I'm like rubbing my eyes from allergies. It's <laughs> Just, just really? some dust in your eyes. It's, well, yeah, now we all know. Now we're all going to go look at you. <laughs> I know. So. No, it's ridiculous. Like, I, like, get choked up, like, every single time. It's I'm going to look for I'm, like, always emotional during my freestyle. Performances, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I'm going to. What's your song? I mean, I'll cry. I cried in a plastic makes it pers- uh, makes it possible commercial before, so. Don't, don't cry, because I'll be, like, crying doing my freestyle. I'll be like, oh, I well, don't now know. now I'm going to cry. Like, now it's going to happen. Cry. <laughs> but Man, I was I also wondering, not, how, like, many, how many horses is Julia braiding oh yeah that's a good question so usually like a month in advance i message all my people it's kind of a month out if people are going to start scratching you know they're going to be scratching i have been the worst slacker this year i have contacted like half the people on my braiding list but i have it in my phone probably probably like 15 horses it's not really that many it's not as many in years in the past. That's still a lot to me. It's still plenty because you do it all. Oh, no, it's like more. My it's, like, it's like 20. <laughs> it's like 22. Um, but spread over two days. And, you know, some of them are multiple disciplines. And But it's not It's not really that bad. And Callista will braid a couple as well. She'll do. Um, she likes to do like the jumper and the dressage braids. She can zip through those. So she'll do those. Um, and I'll start all the hunter mains and then we'll kind of meet in the middle of the tails at the end of the night. So she braids too. I'm not a, not a lone warrior in this. So we sort of tag team it all. I love that. I love that. Well, I have a a fun question because you're all Lexington veterans visiting, spending time showing. We know we're going to spend a lot of our time at the horse park, but what about your downtime? Where in Lexington do you like to spend your time? And I'll start with Claire. It's so funny because I was like, downtime. Like, <laughs> what is downtime? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is there outside the horse park? That is, so there's definitely been times that I've gone uh, when I had that, like, I lit, there was, there was no such thing. Um, I literally ate, like, I microwaved meals with the kids. Uh, like, we didn't go out to dinner. We did nothing. We just, like, horse park dinner, horse park dinner. Um, but there's um, last year, mm-mm. We ended up like we were super hungry and we were trying to find some place to go. Our son has some um, food allergies. So mm-hmm. you you have to go, we always joke, like to like the nicest restaurant. If you go to the nicest restaurant that you can find, like you, they can help you feed 
good childhood. rule of thumb. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, that's our life. Um, but we wound up going to um, and, uh, Jeff Ruby's um, in Lexington, which is um, a nice steakhouse. And we, we were dirty. It was like five o'clock. And we we're like, can you feed us? Like, I'm so tired. Um, and they were so nice because th- we were not dressed the way you're supposed to be dressed to go there. Um, and But we had an amazing meal. So we're definitely going to go back there. Um, and then the other thing we try to do every year and have so much fun doing if on an off day, like on Friday morning, um, if you're not getting ready the finale on Tuesday, or if you have an off day, is the Noah's Ark Museum. They literally built Noah's Ark, according to what we know, like from the Bible, the measurements. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this whole museum and you go into Noah's Ark and they like build it like what it could have been. And it is the coolest museum. And there's like a little zoo and there's a great restaurant. Um, so we love to go there too. And that's a fun, it's not very far. It's like 40 minutes from the horse park. Um, and that's very un-Keenland-y because I would like to do that too. But um, my kids are like rock stars all week where they do everything horsey. That's awesome. <laughs> and so we try to do something. I mean, they would probably enjoy Keeneland, but they they we we like take them to something that is completely not. Yeah, give them a treat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like the opposite. That's what we do. Your kids and are troopers. Been, you could write a guide to like major troopers. doing the makeover with the children. You know, like how to. <laughs> Our first makeover, it was Halloween weekend, and we'd let oh, them God. dress up in costumes and oh. sit in the Coliseum. <laughs> I love that. I That's a hard thing to sacrifice that. as a kid. That was a big day. You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. Melissa, what about you? Where do you like to spend time? If Well, this year you might not be, but if you could. Well, in 2021, we also, uh, we did the ARC experience, I think is the same, the same thing. And it was really cool. Um, it was a little weird because they were like, oh, there was dinosaurs on the ARC. And I was like, <laughs> but, um, but it was actually, it was a really, really cool thing. We <laughs> went oh, like an hour and a half before it closed. And so we didn't get to do, you know, like the zoo and stuff, but they have really good fudge there. Um, if anybody yeah. likes fudge. But um, when I was interviewing for my new job last week, I was, they were like, you know, when can you start? And, da, da, da. and I was like, well, I'm about to leave to go to Kentucky for like a big horse show. So if we could do it after that. And my boss was like, are you going to bring me a bottle of bourbon? So I'm going to have to go to a distillery. And um, Ooh, I have a recommendation for you. Because I, I was joking. And I was yes. like, well, if I get a job, like, yeah, like I'll, I'll bring you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there you go yeah a little leakage. yes i say lexington brewing and distillery is by far my favorite tour in lexington so far it's always very animated and you get a chance to try beer and their spirits so highly recommend Ooh. yeah um, i'm very classic i like buffalo trace i'm like a mm, very buffalo trace you know, is a good one too i have yet to go on one of their tours but um hopefully we'll get to do that like tuesday after like the barrel briefing, depending on if I can get my my not barrel horse schooled in the in the covered before the competitors meeting and all that. We'll see. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I, I feel like we just won't have a lot of time to do the things this year, which that's okay because we're actually coming back to Kentucky in May for the Derby. So we'll oh, get to nice. kind of explore then. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, we'll reshare this list with you because I think I'll do a little post on social of your recommendations that you've shared yes. so far. Um, Julia, what about you? 
So I last year we went to this. I in my downtime, I want to go to restaurants. Like that's all I want to do. I want to like explore different restaurants. I want to eat amazing food. I want to drink amazing cocktails. And last year we went to this amazing. I would say steakhouse. They had other fare too, like classic American, but it was it was upscale dining called Sedona's, and it was absolutely hands down the best meal I've had in Kentucky. So it is on our list again for this year. We're going back. The first year that I came in 2018, I found this, this like I just I was by myself, so I think I like Googled like burger restaurants near me. And I wish I could remember the name of this place because I went and the bartender was great and he was married to either the manager or the server. And they were both so nice to me, just like talked to me the whole night and like gave me like suggestions of things to do while I was there. And then they remembered me the following year, That's which so was nice. wild because how, yeah. Right. So and yeah, I, how many I was people in the service industry. Through. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Or no one's coming, was, but that doesn't make sense if they were there next year. <laughs> exactly. So, and, and this, I was in the service industry for a long time. So it was like, it was just really nice to see like the level of care they took for like to just mm. remember me. Um, which obviously I'm sure they remember all of their guests if they remember one person who came one time. Um, so I wish I could remember the name of it. If I, if it comes to me, I will, uh, I'll email it to you guys. Um, and then there was another place that I cannot remember the name of that. Um, my friend Kim, who I will also be watching, she's doing the broodmare division this year. So I'm really excited to watch Kim. She ended up being there in that same year. And I didn't know she was there. We went to college together and it was the first time we'd seen each other since freshman year of college. And we went to like the diviest bar and sang karaoke. And it was the most fun thing probably that I've done like in my adult life. That's um, fun. So if, so if I had a chance to go and find that dive bar and sing karaoke again, I would absolutely do that. Nice. I love it. Well, thank you all for these recommendations. I'm going to give you all one if you have the time to, to sneak away. Um, and Claire, this won't be fun for your kids too, potentially. There is a really fun craft ice cream place that we found last year called Crank and Boom. And oh, yeah. I, that's a Lexington staple. Yeah, that's very, oh, very famous love in it. Lexington. So we'll be going again because I'm taking a student this year. So I'm like, well, if I have a kid, I have a whole reason to go oh, get a flight go. of ice cream. Crank uh, and what? Crank and what? Crank and Boom. Boom. Okay. I wonder. I think, I'm, I think we might have went there last year. Yeah, it's in like the old, like, I don't know if they call it the distillery district, but there's think, like yeah, a, yes, a whole little, district. yeah. Yes. It's yeah. There's so a whole neighborhood good. of like old factories and stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's a cool part yeah. of town too, to drive through. So yes. Yeah. I highly yeah, recommend was, that. I also recommend it. That was great. We did go there last year. We will totally go there. Yeah. By the way, I was at a wedding last weekend and two of the people at my table are in the broodmare division of the makeover. That's a small. Was I thought it a that was a lot. Wedding? Like it was a horse. Well, she's actually my uh, my equestrian line, like my sponsor for clothing. Um, oh, so okay. yes, it's a horse person wedding, but like at the same time, <laughs> yeah, that's like, such a specific, <laughs> very specific. Yeah, anyway. There's only twenty six yeah, of them. Like that's right? not that many, people. and they're awesome. I can't wait to see it. We had we had like we had like the best table. We were like the horse person table because it wasn't like an all horse person wedding. So obviously we were sat together, but seated together. Um, but anyway, two people in the, I was, I just thought that was so funny. It's funny. Yeah, nice. what a small world. 
All right. Well, I'm going to add my own pitch for the Keeneland track breakfast. And if listeners Um, are looking mm -hmm. for a morning to go on Friday morning, there will be another Amplify, like learn more about the track and about the racing industry session at Keeneland on Friday morning. So what time do um, they do that? I don't actually know. It's typically around like seven. Yeah, it's during morning works so that you can watch the horses go and then also, you know, chat with trainers and, um, you know, get to know. It's it's a nice networking opportunity for the equestrians to meet the track folks and everybody to get together. And I know they're providing donuts, but if you do get a chance, definitely get the biscuits and gravy at the Keeneland track kitchen as well. Mm. And we, well, at least I will be there in the morning too. So if you couldn't make it to Barrels and Burrs, come say hi there. Uh, do you need tickets for that part of the Keeneland? No. Or is that you don't show up? So. No. If, okay. So anybody can walk in for morning works. Um, as far as the Amplify event goes, there may be like a sign in and an RSVP. If you keep an eye, this is not going to apply to all listeners, but if you keep an eye on the trainer group, we're going to be putting some stuff out. Okay. That, so. I know last year they didn't require tickets for, I think they were just trying to get an idea <clears throat> yeah. numbers for. Mostly because I think all the donuts got lifted by the trainers that were like, oh, donuts. So I think <laughs> I know they're, they're awful to get a, about it. They're trying to figure out how many donuts to get <laughs> this <fingers>. year. <laughs> but it only just came together. I know Amplify has been working on that for a while and it just came together recently. So there hasn't been a whole lot out about it yet. But if you get the chance to go, that's a really good time to learn more about what happens at the track in the morning. There you well, go. it's going to be awesome. There's plenty oh. to do. Like none of us have enough time to do all of it or any of it. No. But you know, we all, you know, from where that's we're why you keep now, coming back year after a week year. <laughs> yeah, to be like this year, <laughs> I'll go on that Buffalo Trace tour. This is this is going to be my year. Yeah, it's never going to be. So, all right, everybody. Well, we're super excited to see you all in person, one way or another, next week. Uh, listeners, if you've been listening along, make sure you come and see all these fabulous ladies at our listener meetup at barrels and brews and yeah everybody safe travels and uh, yeah by the time this comes out we'll all be there hanging out together so have a good one and we'll see you soon good night guys bye guys thank you train with top hunter jumper and eventing professionals anytime anywhere with practical horsemen on demand your membership gives you access to hundreds of how-to training videos taught by top level hunter jumper equitation and eventing pros Exclusive interviews and lectures, slow motion demonstrations, insider access to private clinics and lessons, and step-by-step tutorials. New content is always being rolled out, so there are always new videos available on the topics important to you. Join now for just $24.99 a month and take your training to the next level with Practical Horseman On Demand. Well, Joy, we have made it official. We are having our Thoroughbred Makeover listener meetup at Barrels and Brews. That's going to be on Thursday night. That is October 12th at 5 p.m. So if you guys want to hang out with us, which I hope you do, come and find us. We will be outside near the beer truck at 5 p.m. Everybody can grab a little brewski. And then once the barrel racing starts, we're going to head inside. We'll cheer for our spotlight making the makeover rider, Melissa Meitzen, and all the other barrel racers. And we're going to have a great time. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there, stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. 
it is that time of the episode where we bring on new vocations. And it has been a minute, but we have Winnie Morgan Niemann <laughs> with us. She has been very busy this last couple of months with all kinds of horsey <laughs> shenanigans, but we're super excited to have her back. Welcome to the show, Winnie. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> it's great to have you. I know you've been running, I feel like, almost all over the East Coast for things lately. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all it's good. Great. <laughs> yes. Yes. And how's your daughter doing in her competitions? Uh, doing great. She um, competed at the AQHA Youth World Show and she got a top 10 in the Huntsy yes! Equitation. We were so thrilled with our quarter horse who just learning English. <laughs> He's at the Western horse. So we are very, very proud of her. So it was very exciting. That's Love awesome. that. Love that. Well, I know Kristen had a training question for our standard bread population, but probably good for any horse who's coming into any type of training. Kristen, I'll pass it to you. Yeah. So I have been trying to what I think do is do my due diligence with my standard bread and introduce a lot of lateral work from the ground um, mm-hmm. before I try to ask him from the saddle. Cause I understand, you know, that when they're driven, they don't necessarily do a lot of lateral work, especially in the hind end, just from the nature of how they're, you know, hooked to <laughs> the buggy or the cart yeah. or whatever they're pulling. So I've yes. gotten him pretty good now where I, he can yield the haunches and he can side pass off of like my hand, you know, on his side, like where my leg would go, um, you know, sure. so I can side pass him up and down the driveway and I'm thinking, Oh, this is going great. Awesome. And then I get on him and it's like, it, like something is lost in translation once I'm sitting on his back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to apply all the same aids the same way I did on the ground. And he's like, nope, I don't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, so it. how okay. can I help jump that gap? Cause I feel like, you know, like, oh, I've done the foundation work, but clearly I'm still missing a step somewhere in there. So basically your question is he is moving off pressure on the ground. So he'll side pass all over. You're saying on the ground with you pressing on his side. Are you turning your he- his head like towards you when you're doing this? Like say you're you're moving to the right, we'll say. Yeah, like initially I kind of had to help by sort of like tipping his whole body around until he started to yeah. get it. And now it's refined enough where, you know, I can add a little lateral aid on the halter or the the basel because I do ride him in a basel hackamore. So just sure, very similar sure. to how I would use my rein and then add that pressure from my hand about where I think my leg is going, um, you know, without having to really pull his head around. But that is kind of how we had to start just because he really wasn't getting it. <laughs> so now okay. he's, he's yeah. able to keep his body a little straighter and then just swing, you know, swing the hip or move sure. the whole body to the side. So that part has come along. Good. Okay. So then when you're on him, you're asking him to side pass. Again, we'll use that. You're going to ask him to side pass to the right so you're putting pressure on with your left leg, <laughs> correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I know. And, I get my right and my left confused. So I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's better for me if I'm like pretending like I'm, you know, I'm on the horse. So what What would I do? So when you put leg on him, what does he move? Does he just stand there? Like, what does he do when you're on him, on his, his back? Yeah. His first impulse is to go forward, which okay. we've, you know, gotten that good at least. And then when I start to say, oh, nope, nope. And add the the rain age and he's like mm, yeah. i'll just stand here and you can squeeze all day long and i'm not going to go anywhere at all so so i've g- installed right. good gas and good brakes but <laughs> nothing <laughs> side to side apparently yeah. <laughs> yeah well first i would say you know again just making sure your leg is hitting him like being very patient i would you know might have to use your, your rein to turn his head just a little bit to the to the left if you're going to go to the right using your left leg 
um, you might need to bump him instead of like a steady pressure. Mm. I don't know if you have a spur on or not. Nothing like I'm not talking mean or anything, but again, where it's like where he understands that that pressure means to move. And you might even have to start on his back where you're doing that. And he moves from pressure and takes one step and you stop and reward him Mm -hmm. because it does take them. Their mind is a little bit of time to understand, especially you've got the forward button, you've got the back button, you've got the woe button. (laughs) So now we're working on, we're going to move to off pressure but I am going to hold your face because I don't want you to go forward. I want you to go sideways. And that's where they have to just, again, very little steps. And like I said, patience that when they move off pressure, it's a big reward. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to keep doing that. Move off pressure, huge reward. And that's yeah. my best advice for that. <laughs> well, that sound, this is the perfect time of year to start a project like that, you know, because in the summer, I yes. just want to go right across the pasture. But now we're getting into the season where it's going to be cold and it's going to be gross and I'm just going to ride in the driveway. So that sounds like the perfect sure. time to do something like this with lots of little steps, big rewards. So, yeah. Yes. Great idea. And maybe with a, a, a like a dressage whip, too, where you like tap him on the mm-hmm. side from the saddle, like tap, 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 where he's like, oh, like. Because they know what tap means goes right. forward. So you apply that tap, tap to the side. I found that also works really well because they do understand that. It doesn't scare them, but they're like, oh, okay, I got to move, you know, and they move away and then it's a big reward. And it just takes a little bit of that big reward that they're like, oh, this is what you want. I could do this. <laughs> well, and actually, now that you mentioned that, that also gets me thinking because like when I'm driving like a draft horse, you know, and if I'm using the driving whip, that I don't apply that with steady pressure. You use that in a light little bounce, you know, or a tap sure. and then right. you take it right. off. So actually that makes a lot of sense that maybe he's just like the steady pressure is doing nothing for me. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. He's right. accustomed to a little bit of a tap with a, with a buggy whip. So yeah, that makes that so much be. more sense. I'm just not speaking his language. <laughs> I do. And a lot of times, and that's just it, like it's the, it's the language. So <laughs> then yep. they're like, okay, I think I could do this. Um, but yeah. obviously, you know, teaching a horse to side path, regardless of a standard bred or a quarter horse or a thoroughbred is all going to be the same, but they do have to understand what you're asking him. And to me, it sounds like he doesn't quite get it. And like some days you could, you might push all day long with your, with your leg. And he's like, mm, yeah, I don't care. Uh, just because right. they're not very reactive. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I stayed here all day. Right. Yeah. That's a double-edged sword. So <laughs> yes. yeah. It's like, yeah, fine lady. I'll hang out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Sure, that's helpful. <laughs> I hope. We'll keep you posted. Hopefully <laughs> yeah, in a couple of months, we'll goes. have a nice, a nice side pass video to show you. And Oh, be, good. I hope so. We'll I think you can do it. I've seen a lot of your videos. I think they're really cool. I love what you do, especially oh, with the cows. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe, he, yeah, maybe we just need to apply this in a cow sense because he certainly enjoys that part. So let him that's somehow great. side pass with a cow and he'll figure it out <laughs> yeah Good that goals. might help yeah Good goals for you krista yeah <laughs> right side passing with cattle <laughs> yes yes i love it well i'm super excited for our adoptable horse because he is a sneak preview so as of today we always record a little bit ahead but he is not up on the website but he might be by the time you listen to this episode but we got some preview photos from winnie and he is cute tell us oh, about man. fluent lou Fluent Lou is coming from one of our um, top stables in the country, Grand Circuit Top Stable, uh, Jim King Stables, and he is by the sire Sweet Lou, who was a great pacing horse. He Sweet Lou is known for throwing a lot of white on the, his horses, but Fluent Lou has some adorable white <laughs> for a state of red, and he has the white blaze. Um, he's only four. He raced 40 times. He is not 
started under saddle yet. So he's just learning to lunge. Um, I believe Amanda uh, drove him once because um, she likes to drive them, which I think is great. And then move to the saddle training. And um, like he he's taken things very well, but he is a little playful minded because he's four. Um, but he did have, I mean, he didn't, he didn't um, race a whole lot. I mean, 40 starts for state of red is not a whole lot. He just didn't have the speed that they knew he was going to need. And um, his owner said, I just rather donate him to new vocations. Um, he's the same sire, if you remember, of Crimson and Chrome. Oh, so yeah. they are. Um, That's right. Uh, stunning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on we the remember dad's him. Side, yes. <laughs> so if you missed out on Crimson and Chrome, well, here's. Here's another sweet Lou. I'm sure he will trot and canter uh, without any problems because, again, didn't really come uh, due to lameness. And he just really wasn't raced that hard. And he was taken such good care of that he is a little bit spoiled and full of himself. But he's <laughs> really come like he basically was just getting turned out for the past two weeks. And then he got pictures and, it's, you know, it's, it's a big change for him. But so far, he's been a lot of fun. Um, and we, I was so excited to get him. And he is in Gansbrook, uh, New York, so close to Saratoga with Amanda Vance. So I would say probably maybe when this episode comes out, he will be available or shortly thereafter. He's love it. so sporty looking. In these he pictures. is. He's and gorgeous. You can tell he was spoiled. He's a very like healthy looking young horse. Like I actually thought he was older than four because they sometimes still look a little bit gangly at four years old. And he's just filled out so nicely. And he's got a very rich like chocolate bay, which you don't see a lot of in my opinion. So again, another unique color for a standard bread. And I don't feel like we get a lot of four-year-olds coming in on the standard bread side. No, no. And I haven't looked, but I would have to say he was probably close to that upper six figures as a yearling. Certainly, (laughs) which is why he is, you know, very well put together. Well, he's definitely a stunner. And I like that he's built kind of uphill, too. So I feel like he'd be a really nice dressage prospect. He could do hunters, too. He has like a nice flat line when he does put his head down a little bit low. Um, He's just he could go so many directions. I would love to see him like go over a free jump at some point too, just to see like what the (laughs) the little knee action might be there. But he is definitely a a very sporty looking standard bread. Yeah. And at being started at four, this is perfect for anyone who, you know, maybe is a little turned off sometimes with the standard breads by like, oh, they're older than I want. Like people, you know, a lot of people don't start their regular purpose bred horses until four. So this is the Mm -hmm. perfect route. If someone is curious about standard breads, but really wants, you know, a young blank slate. This is a perfect horse for them. Absolutely. And because he's a sneak preview, I don't know if we have an adoption fee, but if we want to do a ballpark estimate. I don't have an adoption fee just because I have yet to see him move like Mm -hmm. under saddle and get an idea of what kind of rider and everything I'm going to say. But if I had to say, you know, he's probably going to be around that 2,500 to 3,000 mark. A steal. An absolute steal. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, get your applications in at horseadoption.com. Uh, you need to check out Fluent Lou once he's up, but there's another horse out there for you if he's not the right one or he's snatched up, which is most likely what's going to happen. So hurry up, get your applications in and contact Winnie if you're interested in the standard bread adoption. She'll be able to look out for the perfect horse for you. Thanks again, Winnie, for joining. It's always a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on. Well, that was a fun episode, Kristen. I feel like 
I'm really pumped for next week. I'm pumped for the makeover. I'm also slightly nervous, but only because of all the things I have to do beforehand. But it's going to be a really fun time. And I'm super stoked to just see any listeners who are coming in or any new faces who haven't heard of Retired Racehorse Radio, but are going to be joining the Barrel and Brews event with us. And we'll see Justine. We'll see all of our friends. So remember, I know we talked about it earlier, but it's Thursday at 5 p.m. We're going to be by the big truck. You can look on Facebook. There'll be a Facebook event for details. Keep you updated on it. But with that, we should close out the episode. Let's do it. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Rider and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. You're not going to see a whole lot from me this week, but that's all right. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare, and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Resource Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg, but maybe selectively if you're trying to get your standard bread to side pass. That's what I learned today. That's true. Bye, guys. Bye.